the book of first Kings. I was going to preach something else. I was, I was going to preach. I was going to preach this morning from the book of Daniel. I really was. I, I had, I, I, I had, I, I had my, all of, all of my footnotes. I'm telling you, I was going to preach from the book of Daniel. And as I was sitting there, the Lord took me to back to uh, the, the book of first Kings. It's Amen. something I've been in some time. And, and, and I said, Lord, I don't preach that. I don't. And he said, preach, it, pre preach from this text again. There's something in there that the people of God need to know and they need to hear. And so uh, I'm just going to do as the Lord has uh, commissioned me to do this morning. So, uh, and, and, and I'm going to go to first Kings chapter 17. I was I was going to preach this morning from from Daniel 10, but I'm, I'm going to go to first Kings chapter 17. First Kings chapter 17. Hallelujah. I want to extract from this story this morning verses number 11 and 12. And as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Verse number 12, the A clause. And she said, as the Lord God liveth, comma, I have not a cake. I want to stop there. And she said, as the Lord God liveth, I have not a cake. I want to preach this morning. I know it's, it's, it's going to sound kind of crazy, but I promise you it's going to all come together in the end. I want to preach this morning from the subject, the confession of a victor. The confession of a victor. Have your seats. The confession of a victor. My friends in life, sometimes, many times, and I dare to say all of us in here, we've gone through situations and we've gone through circumstances where it seems as if uh, the enemy has called us out to be a victim. Everybody likes to be the victim. Anytime you find yourself in a precarious place, you like to call yourself the victim. A lot of times we take what we're going through and we look at the dynamics of what we're going through and the dynamics of where we are and we label ourselves according to where we are and what we're going through. Anytime you find yourself dealing in a trying situation or you find yourself in a gray area, sometimes we call ourselves the victim. But I've got good news for you today. Just because your life may seem dim and just because the areas of your life may seem gray and just because you might be a tad bit disconnected from where you need to be, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a victim. Even victors sometimes have dark areas in their lives. Y'all don't hear me today. Even people who have been predestined to win have to go through valleys and have to go through hills and have to go through dark days. So the first thing I want to say as I uh, 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 start this message today is don't allow where you are to determine your destiny to you. Just because you might be going through some hard things and just because you might be 
dealing in some dark in, uh, areas, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are a victim. And so here it is today, we find ourselves dealing in the Old Testament scripture of First Kings. Here it is, we find Israel, they're at a place of disconnection from God. Uh, we know the story of Israel, how God uh, loved them so much because they were his chosen people that he refused to let them go without a fight. He, he, he raises up a man by the name of Elijah. The text tells us that uh, here in the uh, 17th chapter when Elijah comes on the scene, the thing I like about Elijah and I always bring out, uh, Elijah uh, doesn't have any history. All we know about Elijah is that he was a Tishbite. Doesn't tell us who his mother was. Doesn't tell us who his father was. We, we don't know too much about the lineage of Elijah. But the one thing we do know about Elijah is that he was sent by God. My friends, have come in the time in your life where the lineage of people won't matter. All that will matter is that they were sent by God. You may not know their history. You may not know how long they've been preaching. You may not know what seminaries they graduated from. But all that would matter is that they had been sent by God. Do me a favor and look at your name and tell a neighbor, I may not be as sharp as you, but at the end of the day, all that matters is that I've been sent by God. Come on here, somebody. And so we understand here that Elijah is the sent one. Elijah is the one who has been sent by God to bring Israel to a place of repentance. Unlike our biblical prophets and prophets of today, biblical prophets were sent to bring Israel to a place of repentance. The prophets of today are too busy prophesying houses and cars and cults and jobs. Uh, but we've forgotten about the soul of man. And so here the responsibility of Elijah was to bring Israel back to God. My friend, you've got to understand that when God saves you, he doesn't just save you to sit on a seat of do nothing, but he saves you and he empowers you to bring a dying world back to God. Uh, so here Elijah, he comes to fulfill his assignment. The text says here as the chapter opens up that God speaks to Elijah. He says to Elijah, listen, there will be no rain or dew except by your word. In other words, he sends Elijah. He chooses Elijah. He anoints Elijah. He empowers Elijah. You've got to understand and hear my friends that there's something in you that God has placed there. He's placed the ability in your mouth to speak those things that are not as though they were. You've got to understand that God has anointed you with an anointing called creativity. And so in other words, where there is no way, you've got to learn how to reach inside of yourself and speak away. Where there is no door, you've got to learn how to tap into the anointing of a holy God and speak a door. And so he says to Elijah, in your mouth is authority. And so he gives, he releases authority to Elijah. He says, Elijah, there'll be no rain or dew except by your word. The text tells us that God, he shuts up the heavens. The fact that he shuts up a heaven or the heavens is a direct result to Israel's sin. My friend, let me share something with you in here today. Sin comes with the price. I know it feels good to you, uh, but you know how the old folk used to say, everything that's good to you ain't always 
y'all don't hear me. And so sin comes with the price. And the fact that Israel were in a backslidden condition, it came with a price. The text says here that God shuts up the heavens. And so now Israel goes through a season of drought. But even though they're going through a season of drought, the text says that God makes provision for Elijah. The safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. Anytime you find yourself standing in him, he'll make provision for you. Let's look at society. The last 10 to 15 years, our economic status in the United States were at an all-time low. But in spite of what the law was going through, we were buying new houses, y'all don't hear me. The saints were driving new cars, y'all don't hear me. We were doing better than everybody else. Why is it you act? Because we learned how to stand in God. And I've come to tell you in here that have been standing in God. Continue to stand in God. Don't you allow situations and obstacles to take you out of God. And so it is here the text says that God makes provision for Elijah. He says, listen, I'm shutting up the heavens. He says, but I'm going to hide you at the brook of Cherith. The text says that while Elijah is at the brook of Cherith, that he drinks the water of the brook. God uses ravens to feed Elijah by day and by night. The thing that everybody else said was good for nothing, God anoints and he uses. Just in case there are some of you in here today, people looked at you and said, you ain't got no hope and you ain't got no future. God specializes in using the things that everybody else said was unusable. He specializes in anointing the thing that everybody else said was unanointable. When people spoke to you and they said there was a void in your life and when people said you'd never be nothing, you'd never be nobody, you just became the perfect candidate to be used by God. Don't you allow people to count you out because of where you've been off or because of what you've done. You've got to understand in here today that God can use anybody. Y'all don't hear me. I don't care where you've been, what you've done, who you did it with. All God wants to know is if you're available. And so here the text tells us that Elijah hides by the brook. He's there at the brook of Cherith. The brook dries up. God speaks to Elijah and says, listen, your substance has dried up, but I've made another way for you. He says to him, gather your things, go over to Zarephath. The text tells us that when Elijah gets to Zarephath, that he finds at Zarephath, at the gate of the city, a woman there gathering sticks. The Bible says that because Elijah had been traveling for so long, he calls to the woman, he says, listen, I want you to get me something to drink. The text tells us that as she goes to get him something to drink, that Elijah calls back to the woman. He says, not only am I thirsty, but I am hungry. And this is what we find out contextual inscription this morning. The text says here that the woman replies to Elijah. She says, listen, Elijah, as the Lord God liveth, I don't have nothing to eat. All I've got is a little bit of meal. 
Let's take a look at the woman. The text tells us he, uh, hallelujah, uh, uh, obviously, uh, she was a victim of the drought. She was a victim of the famine. In spite of her victimization, she was still destined to win. The text tells us that all she had was a little bit less. I've come to tell you in here today that when it seemed like you're down to nothing, God will always put you in a position to get something. And so he, she has a little bit left. And she goes out, watch what she does. She looks at what she has. She sees what she has with her natural eyes. And she makes a decision to take what's left. Eat it and die. Now let me pop my car here. Too many of us are looking at things in the flesh. We're looking at things with our natural eyes. And we're making decisions that are not conducive to us. Because of what we see. Don't you allow the enemy to use what you see. To cause you to fall short on your journey. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And there are too many of us allowing what we see to govern what we believe. And you've got to believe, understand it here. That it's not what we see that matters. It's not those things that are temporal that matters. But the old folk used to sing a song that said, Build your hopes on things eternal. And hold on to God's unchanging hand and so we get messed up because we allow ourselves to become governed by what's seen and so here the woman at Zarephath she allows herself to become governed by what she sees when she looked at the meal down all she saw was a handful of meal when she looked oil vessel. All she saw was a little bit of oil. But God had something so much more in store for her. And she was almost getting ready to forfeit what God had for her. Because she allowed herself to be governed by what she saw. Watch this. You see more bills and you see more money. Y'all don't hear me. But don't you allow yourself to become discouraged by what you see. Come on here. You see more sickness then you see more wellness. But don't you allow yourself to become governed by what you see. Let's look at the woman here. The text says there she was gathering sticks. In other words, she was getting substance together to build a fire. She was making preparations to die. I've come to tell you, my friends, stop looking toward death. Stop looking to die. Because some of you, you're at a place and you're saying to yourself, ain't nothing else left for me to do. I might as well go back to the world. Come on, y'all don't hear me. Ain't nothing else in here for me to, to I, I can't go no further. It seems like every time I, I get one praise in, it seems like the devil knocks the wind out of me. And you ask yourself the question, what's the use? But I've come to tell you, in here today, don't die. 
And the text tells us he finds her. And because of her circumstance, woo, she's making preparations to die. Because of what she's dealing with, she's making preparations to die. Watch this. Because she cannot see beyond where she is. She's making preparations to die. A lot of us, we fall into the trap of not being able to see beyond 
where we are. You allow your immediate surroundings. This is why I tell you all the time, you got to be careful of your surroundings. Because the enemy will create surroundings that are uh, conducive to your demise. He, he will allow you to see only things that are conducive to your own spiritual suicide. Watch this. The enemy can't kill you, but he can cause you to kill yourself. He, he, he can't, he can't, he can't knock you off, but he can cause you to cause your own demise. And so she's making preparations according to what she sees. Don't you allow yourself to be go governed according to what you see. Things may be dark. But it won't be this way always. David said best when he said, we've been indoors a night. And a lot of us are in a night season, and it feels like daybreak will never shine again. But I'm coming to tell you, your, your morning's coming. And she, she, she makes preparations. But listen. The Bible says, God sends Elijah. Elijah's name simply means the Lord saves. Don't you know God will always send help just when you're at the end of your rope? I'm going to talk to this side because don't you know, I'm at y'all, that God will always send help when you're at the end of your rope? Y'all ain't got it. I'm going to talk to you in the middle. Don't you know that God will send help when you're always at the end of your rope? Yes. You got it. Right. Bible says God sends Elijah. Look at how he finds her. He finds her making preparation for her death. Let's be honest in here. When God found many of us, so he he interrupts what she's doing. He says, "Hey, first thing you asked her wasn't a hard thing." Listen, get me something to drink. Watch the text. Watch the contracts of the text. Where he came from was suffering a drought. Where he went to was suffering a famine. So where she was, there was famine, but there was no drought. Get me something to drink. Read the text. She doesn't respond. She just simply goes to get him something to drink. But as she's going to get him something to drink, he stops her and says, wait a minute. Not only am I thirsty, but I am hungry. 
he had to have known they were in a drought. After all, he is a prophet. He, he, he had to have known her condition. Watch this. Sometimes God will put you in a place to need a miracle. Just so that he can give you a miracle. And some of us are here today, we need more than we have. And God says, I've got you right where I need you to be. He says, I need you to be in the place of me so that you can see I am your Jehovah Jireh. A lot of us, we've been dependent on our nine to five too long. We've been dependent on the first of the month, the 15th of the month. But God says, I'm your provision. God don't do it. Can't be done. Listen, he, he asked her, he asked her a hard thing. He, he asked her something that was almost, it wasn't, but it was almost impossible. He says, listen, listen, go and get me something to eat. This is where she responds. Watch how God works. This deals, this text right here, verse, verse 12, deals, deals in the law of sacrifice. He, he, he has us in a season. He has us in a season of sacrifice. Sacra, sacrifice. Uh, 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 consecration is about sacra. It's, 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 about, it's about sacrificing not your money and your time and your talents, but it's about sacrificing yourself. Yes. Present your bodies yes. as a living, holy unto God, which is your reasonable what? Service. So it's all about what? Sacrifice. This deals. And I was, I said, God, why? Why? Would you want me to deal with this this morning? He says, because I've got this house in a season of sacrifice. He, he, said, he said, I've challenged you. Watch this. Over the past three or four weeks, he says, I've challenged you financially. He says, but to many, I've blessed you so good until it's not even a sacrifice anymore. Week one, it was a sacrifice. Week two was a sacrifice. But by the time week three came, you had so much until it wasn't even a sacrifice. Y'all don't hear me. He, he said, he said, but this is a season of sacrifice. He said, yes, you've sacrificed out of your substance. He says, but now I want you to sacrifice out of your heart. Out of yourself. Out of, he, go get me. Read the text. Something to eat. Listen. 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 Listen at what she says. Listen. In verse 12. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, which is an expression of faith. Follow me. Even though we're in a famine, the Lord lives. Even though I'm preparing to take 
She said, listen, as sure as God is, as sure as all I've got left is a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil. And I'm making preparations to eat that and we're going to die. Baba says, 12, he looks at her and says, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but make me a cake first. Watch this. Elder Lewis, she had had to perceive him to be a man of God. Because according to the text, she doesn't respond. She just goes and she does it. You got to be careful how you live in front of people. You've got to be careful. You might not be a preacher. You might not be an elder. You might not be a missionary. You might not be an evangelist. But all of us ought to be alike. You need to understand that someone else's deliverance. I remember, I remember although the days of old, we knew saved from unsaved. We knew holy from unholy. We knew clean from unclean. But in this Y2K church, everybody looks the same. Everybody's eating from the same table and drinking from the same cup. Every, everybody's, everything is just, you know, this is the contemporary church. But we got to be careful with that spirit of contemporary. Because that spirit of contemporary is going to cause us to miss God and go right to hell. Yes, balance is necessary. And y'all know, don't know the pastor preach balance like me. But there's a line between balance and contemporary. Yes. Got to be careful. And so she, let me get back to my message. She, she had to have perceived him to be a man of God. I'm done. Everybody's standing. I'm going to make my point that I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit. She had to have perceived him to be a man of God. She, she takes what she has. It ain't much. And she gives it to God. Watch this. Some of us, we look at ourselves. Ain't much to us. This is just, it's just me. You know, some people are just so extraordinary. I watch some of these shows, like the Black Girl Rock Show, and, and I was looking at some of the lives of the people that are on. I said, oh, they are so special. They're so extra. But I said, ain't much to me. I'm just, I'm just everyday people. And I'm just, let me tell you something. If you give yourself to God, it may not be much to you. He knows how to take the little. And he knows how to make it much. He, she takes the little and she bakes a cake. And she gives it to the man of God. Watch what the text says. And watch how God, play something soft. Watch how God deals with her. He doesn't give her an immediate overflow. Some of us, we're just playing greedy. I want a million dollars, I don't want it now. 
don't work that way. Watch this. Because after all, her providence was still in a famine. And if he would have given her an overflow, there would have been an issue. Because everybody else around her was still hungry. This is how, why sometimes God doesn't give us an abundance right away. Because some of us are just selfish. And everybody else around you is struggling. And you think he's going to give you $5 million? And watch everybody else around you? He's not that kind of God. He's, he's, he blesses us to be a blessing. He's not a troublemaking. He's not a God of confusion. But watch what he does. He blesses her and he blesses her indeed. The text says that even though they were in a famine, this blew my mind, she never saw the bottom of the barrel. Every time she went to make a cake, there was something there. She never went without. God denoted her victory. He had prescribed her victory before the test even came. Watch this. Her victory didn't come only because she made the cake. But her victory came from her confession. What was her confession? As sure as the Lord God lives. I don't care where you are in life. Don't allow the enemy to steal your confession. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. And as long as he lives, we can face tomorrow. As long as I wanted to preach it. I, I wanted to get in the A flat. I wanted to preach this today. But you need to hear this. As long as God lives, you can live. When you're down to nothing, God is up to something. Seems like you don't have enough to make it from day to day. Remember, he lives. Let him be your strength. I was going to preach from Daniel. And I was going to talk about strength for the journey. God said, I'll be your strength if you let me. I'll be your portion if you let me. This is a season that has been reserved for the believer. And the only way to make it through this season is by faith. I know we've been preaching favor, and I thank God for favor and faith, but favor ain't going to get you this next dimension. It's your faith that's going to get you there. He wants to know, who really believes me? Are you dancing because the music sounds good? Or are you dancing because you believe me? A lot of us, 
I think we got the greatest musicians in the world. And they go to striking and we get the dancing and bucking. But God says, are you dancing because it sounds good? Or do you really believe me? Is your praise a praise of faith? He sustains her. Her faith causes God to sustain her. Let me tell you something. There's a blessing coming, but you got to believe God to sustain you until it gets here. You got what it takes to make it until your release comes. But you better learn how to tap into God and believe everything that God has said. Just high five the name and tell him, I got what it takes. I got what it takes. Come on. Y'all ain't high five to tell him, I got what it takes. Everything you need, you got it already. How is it that we can come to church week after week? So $700 this week. So $500 this week. So $300 next week. And never see an empty bank account. Give and give and give. And never see an empty bank account. Never got to borrow gas money. All of our bills are paid. God will sustain you. If you really believe him. Faith for all I trust him. Even when you don't see it, you got to see it. I heard somebody say, I think it was it was it was Bishop Juchier. He said, you gotta see it before you see it if you really want to see it. If you don't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. When everybody else says it ain't gonna happen, you gotta say, Oh, it is because I see it. I see it. Not only did I hear it, but I tell you I see it. Watch the irony of the text. Watch, 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 watch. Because this really blew my mind. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I said, God, what about those who don't see it like we see it? He said, look at the woman. She didn't just believe God for herself, but she believed God for her son. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to believe God for somebody else. <laughs> yes, sir. He said, if you can believe God for somebody else, I'll take it. I know some of y'all in here just don't believe. I know it. But I believe God for you. With your crazy self. After all God has done for you, you still don't believe? Are you crazy or are you crazy? Lift your hands, everybody. The confession of a victor. The Lord lives with her confession. I know I didn't, I didn't kind of structure this message theologically sound, but I had to give it to you how God gave it to me. I didn't have the manuscript and all of that stuff, but I had to give it to you how God gave it. And I'm telling you today, I'm telling you today, know that he lives. You are not a victim.
but you are a victor. You were destined to win. You were born to win. Don't you allow the enemy to steal your confession of life. The Lord lives. In my circumstance, he's yet alive. In my situation, he's yet alive. He's, 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 he's still here. I'm going to say this and I'm finished. We just came out of resurrection season while Jesus was on the cross. Watch this. Watch this. I think it's word four. My God, my God, why is that forsaken me? He, he begins to cry out. He, he begins to cry. He's suffering separation. Watch this. Humanity steps out of divinity or divinity steps out of humanity and humanity is left on the cross to die. This is the first time anywhere in scripture where Jesus refers to his father not as father but as God. Anywhere else when he prays he says father. It is here that he refers to him as not father but my God. So in other words, what he was saying to us is, even though I'm suffering separation, he's still my God. You need to know in here today that no matter where you are, he's still your God and he's living. He's alive. He's, he's your God. He's... God, I'm going through some growing pains. It don't feel good to me, but I know you're still my God. Lift your hands, everybody. And Father, we thank you today. For speaking to us thank you for the confession of our faith we believe that you're yet alive thank you for caring for us thank you for being the God of our provision in the name of Jesus God we thank you now because even though we're many of us are in places of transition dealing with hard things and we give ourselves to you today you are the potter we are the clay it's our prayer today that you will make us into something beautiful we don't care how many times you've got to knock the kinks out of us we don't, we don't care what it takes just make something beautiful out of our lives father we thank you now for strength for this journey it's a tedious one it's an uphill journey but we thank you now that velocity will not pull us back but destiny will call us forward in the name of jesus we thank you because eyes have not seen ears have not heard neither have an entered to the hearts of men the things that you have in store for us. Satan, we recognize you too. All of your devices, all of your tricks and your traps and all of the things you're trying to do, we recognize, we expose you today. The blood of Jesus be against you. We want you to know that no matter what you do, it ain't gonna work. It won't work. Because we were born to win. Now, Father, we thank you for strengthening us and for fortifying us and for shielding us, protecting us. And ultimately, we thank you for lifting us. 
in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands, everybody, and give God a praise.